2 Corinthians chapter 4. In light of what we've learned this morning, I want to go to what kind of is my go-to passage a little bit uh, about explaining really what we do as, as a church, why we do it, and how we go about it. That's really sort of what lays out for us in, 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 in what we learn from what the Apostle Paul writes here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He talks about the light of the gospel of Christ. And notice what he says about it, beginning in verse 1. He says, therefore, since we have this ministry, that's important, we have it, we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, not handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience, in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Now notice this. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, this is the Word of God. And this is for the people of God. Now, I want to give you a summary. If I could summarize those six verses, and you might call this a sermon in a sentence, I don't know. But if I could summarize it, I'd say it this way. I say those whose darkness has been dispelled by the light of Christ. We have a responsibility to tell others the good news of Jesus from a heart of love and from a life of service. Now, I want you to hang with me for just just a couple of minutes this morning because I believe by what Paul tells us here, we learn those three questions. We learn what we're supposed to do, we're given a reason for why we're supposed to do it, and then we can also begin to see how we're supposed to do it. Now, what is it that we're supposed to do? Well, the first thing that we learn from this text is that we're supposed to reflect the light that has shone into our hearts. We reflect that light out to others. Who are the others? Well, it's the ones that, that Paul tells us here are blind. Verse 3, if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. In other words, they're veiled. They they can't see. And then he says, whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Here's the point. What are we supposed to do? We We are to reflect the gospel to those who do not know, whose, whose mind, whose eyes have been blinded by, by, by Satan, blinded by the, what they can't see, what those who cannot see is that they are at enmity with God. Because of their sin, they've been separated from God. They don't recognize that, and so it's our responsibility to share that good news with them. By the way, before God's light shone in our hearts, that's exactly how we were. We were blind. We didn't see what God was doing. We didn't know what God was doing. It took someone to share the gospel with us. For some of you, it may have been your parents who shared that with you. 
For some of you, it may have been a Sunday school teacher or an Awana worker. It might have been an evangelist or a preacher at some church. It could have been your spouse. But somebody thought enough of you. Someone loved you enough to share the good news of the gospel with you. And they reflected the glory of the light of Christ in their life out to you. That's the what. That's the what. And may I say this to you? That's not just the what for your church staff to be doing. That's not just the what that your, your deacons are supposed to be doing. That's not just the what that your Sunday school teachers are supposed to be doing. That's the what that all of us who have been saved by the precious blood of Christ, that's the what that we're supposed to be doing. There's your first question. That's the what. I have gone completely off my notes, so just, just hang with me. Here's the second one. This is the why. Why do we do it? Well, first of all, I've already alluded to it. All of us were blind. All of us were separated from God. There was not a one of us in this room that walked into this world carrying the badge that says, admit me into heaven because I deserve it. None of us did that. We walked into this world, the Bible tells us, as sinners. And as sinners, we deserve one thing, God's eternal punishment in a place called hell. That is, the, that is what all of us deserve. But God, in His grace and in His mercy, shed His light upon us so that we might come to the knowledge of the salvation of Jesus Christ. He saved us from our sin and brought us into His glorious light. That right there, if there was no other reason, that right there is why you ought to share the gospel with others. But as I've already said, the other reason is, is because they're blinded to it. There is a lost world out there that does not know Jesus. And listen, it's not because they don't want to have hope. It's not because they don't want to know what salvation is. They do want to know what it says. But they're searching for it as the old country song. They're looking for love in all the wrong places. They're searching for it in spots that they'll never find it. And for many of them, they get lost and they get blinded by Satan and they get blinded by the things of this world and they toil and they struggle and they keep looking and they keep hoping and they live a useless, worthless life. It is our responsibility out of a heart of love to take the good news of the gospel to those who have not heard it and to those who are looking for it in all the wrong spots. That's the what that we do. That's the why that we do. Now, How do we go about it? Well, you've heard of one way that we go about it right here this morning. This group of how many were there total that went, Dave? Fourteen of them that went. After this service is over with, there's, a, there's going to be a luncheon. This has already been uh, admitted to and, 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 and told to you about it. And you're welcome to come and be a part of that. To hear about how a group like this, how there's, there's more mission trips being planned for next year. They're planning another family-wide trip like the one that you heard about this morning. They're planning one that they want to do for, for some youth to go and be a part of. Now, there'll they'll be youth that are going, but they're going to need some chaperones and some helpers on that regard too. There's also the, 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 the discussion is going to be held this afternoon about, about going to Kenya where we went a couple of years ago. Here's the point. There's that opportunity, but now understand some of you are going wait a minute I can't go on a short-term mission trip I can't I can't go overseas I don't like to fly I don't like to do that I'm going to leave that up between you and God okay here's what I want you to know that's not the only way that we can go about doing what we are called to do for the same reasons 
Do you realize that, that here in this church, we've got all kinds of opportunities for you to serve? You're seeing a lot of the kids that are sitting in here this morning. We have about 125 of them that come on Wednesday nights to our WANA program in the old education building. Do you know what 125 kids requires? You know you do. Requires a lot of folks just like you willing to participate and involve yourself in their lives, to, to invest into them, to, 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 to share the good news of the gospel with them. Listen, we want to go overseas and share the gospel with other people, but we want to be faithful in doing it right here in our own home too. So, so there's those opportunities. There's not just, there's, there's opportunities on Sunday mornings to invest with the children. I know that we have some vacancies right now that if you will ask my wife about them or you ask Miss Willene or Dave, they will tell you some vacancies that we have right now that you may be able to plug in and do. That is another way that we can go about doing what it is that God has called us to for the reason that God has called us to do it. And it's not just children's ministries. There's the evangelism and outreach ministry where we go and share the gospel elsewhere out in the, out in the, uh, the community around us. Those are ways that we can be involved in that too. But let me give you some practical ways. You see, as I said, this is not just something for other people to do. This is not just something for them. When we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus and ourselves, your bond servants for Jesus' sake, we do it for it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Do you want to know how all of us engage in that? Number one, you have to stop looking at everybody who's around you as statistics or as a them or as, yes, yeah, somebody, maybe someone will get to them at some point. You need to take an interest in those people. Do you realize every single one of us have folks that cross our paths every single day? And those folks that cross our paths every single day, God gives us the opportunity to engage them, to take an interest in them. For some, it's our neighbors. that We may just pass them when we're going out the mailbox and getting our mail, and we just say, hey, and throw our hand up, and then we go back inside. How's the weather? It's dry, and it's over with, and you go back in. God may be crossing your path with them at that particular point in time so that you might invest in them, take an interest in them, and be able to share the good news of Christ with them. It could be a co-worker that you've got. It could be that co-worker that gets on your ever-loving last nerve. But you know what? God may have put that person there so that you might take an interest in them and begin to figure out how can I begin to engage them in a gospel, spirit-filled conversation that allows me to share with them the glory of the gospel of the light of Jesus Christ that has shone into my heart so that they might be able to see it and it reflect upon them. God, help me to do that. See, taking an interest in someone is just like what Tim Oliver talked about earlier that Mary did. When Mary began to pray for this one individual by name every single week for 52 weeks and then they go in and they're invited into their home and they're able to share the gospel and she comes to faith in Christ. That's what it means to take an interest. You not only take an interest in them, but you do just exactly what I said. You pray for them. You pray that God will take off the veil that has blinded them to the, to the fact that they don't know Christ, take the veil, remove the blindness so that they can see Jesus for who He truly is. That they can see themselves for who they truly are. 
that the God who has blinded them in this age would be thwarted in His plans and that God, the Holy Father of Heaven, will bring them to a place where they can see. You begin to pray specifically for that individual. Then pray for yourself that God will give you the opportunity to share that good news and then pray that the Holy Spirit will give you the boldness to actually say the words that He places in your mouth. God, I promise you, if you will pray that God will open up opportunities and give you the boldness to do it, He will do that. You want to know why? Because that's what He desires from us. And so when you begin to pray like that, you're praying in the will of the Holy Scriptures. You're praying in the way that He desires for His church to respond. So begin to take an interest. Begin to pray. Lord, help me. And stop making excuses. Stop making excuses for why you can't do this. Stop making excuses for why you can't serve in this area. Stop making excuses for why you can't walk through a door that the God Almighty has opened up for you. Quit looking for reasons not to do it and instead go back and say, God, if this is your word and you've commanded me to do it, then help me to be obedient and to live as if I believe this word. And then pray that the Holy Spirit will give you the boldness and the ability and the talents. There is probably more talent and more ability in this room, then if we were to really be able to corral it all together, there's no telling what all we could do. We've got to stop hindering God. We've got to quit putting the lid on Him. And we've got to open ourselves up and say, I'm not going to make any more excuses. I'm going to surrender myself to you. And I'm going to go where you call me to go. That, friends, is what we do. That's why we're to do it. If you have been saved by the Lord Jesus Christ and your sins have been forgiven and your eternal destiny has been changed because of what Jesus has done, then do you have an excuse for why you don't go share that good news with somebody else that doesn't have that hope? I'm going to tell you, the Bible takes all of those excuses away from us and commissions us to go into all the world and to proclaim the good news of Christ from a heart, from a heart that has been transformed by the light of the glory of Christ. Brothers and sisters, this is the Word of God. And it's for the people of God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You for Your goodness and for Your mercy. And I thank You for the calling that You place upon the lives of believers to go into all the world. There may be those who are in this room today, Lord, who are going, I'm not doing that because I've never trusted in You. My prayer is right now that your Holy Spirit would bring conviction into their lives and that you would begin to speak to them. Lord, help them to be able to see you for who you truly are. Remove the blinders that have been on their eyes. Help them to be able to witness the true risen Savior. He is the only way. He is the only truth and He is the only life. I pray that their hope would be found only in Him. There may be others in this room today that the reason that they are not currently sharing their faith and they're not currently serving you is because they've allowed sin to come into their lives and to rob them of their joy and to rob them of their motivation and to, to move them off the track. And, and Lord, the fact of the matter is that they just don't feel worthy to be able to do that. I pray that today that your Holy Spirit would bring upon them that conviction once more, that you stand there ready to receive them, that you promise that all who will come and confess their sins will be forgiven of their sins and restored and redeemed. And so I pray today that those who may be carrying these loads 
would drop them at the feet of the cross today and recognize that you want to use them for the power of the gospel in their world. For the rest of us, Lord, that we may just still be struggling with where it is you want us to go and what it is you want us to do, I pray that your Holy Spirit would bring clarity to this, would bring conviction in our hearts, and allow your Holy Spirit to motivate us. Bring an individual into our lives who does not know you that you want us to begin praying for by name, that we will then look for opportunities that we can be engaging that person for the sake of the gospel. I pray this not for our glory, not so that we can brag about what we've done to others, but so that your light might continue to pervade the darkness and continue to drive it out. I pray this for the sake, for the sake of Christ. Amen.